Well, this is Garage Logic Podcast number 47, November 19th, 2018. In downtown Garage Logic, it was cold as five below on this day in 1932 and as warm as 65 degrees in 1930. This is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. They have all your winter needs. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Before we call uh, our friend Khaled Azem, who conveniently enough also goes by the name of Mike, which I think is easier for everyone. Uh, Jeff from Brooklyn Park wants us to know he cooked up a batch of Amor Towels Latvian stew last night, and it was wonderful. Oh, jealousy. I think I think it was Ronald Reagan who said, and I'm paraphrasing, the uh, the 10 most frightening words you can ever hear is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. And on the front page <laughs> of the Star Tribune today is the story of the small uh, corner store owners in Minneapolis who are losing business uh, because they've been ordered by those in the salon yep. to stock apples and oranges and cheeses and various Darius products, only to discover that their clientele is not interested in that because of various cultural differences. And also in the salon, uh, not only did they want to set dietary standards for the people of Minneapolis, I suppose hiding behind the idea of future health care costs or whatever, uh, not only do the uh, people in the salon want to dictate the diets uh, of their uh, constituents, but they forbid these stores to sell menthol cigarettes. Ah. And the people who used to buy menthol cigarettes have now migrated elsewhere, so business is down completely. And uh, one, of the, uh, one of the proprietors featured in the news story uh, is Khaled Mike Azem, uh, call him Reeves. On it, bro. He uh, he was uh, kindly uh, agreed to uh, speak with this, and he's not selling any uh, oranges and apples like he used to. Well, no, the salon says you need to sell those because that's what people want. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. <laughs> it's putting them out of business. Yes, because they rule from the salon without any notion of reality, and so. Uh, Let's find out what uh, this fellow's lament is. There's a picture of him here uh, in the, on the front page of the paper, and it's a picture of Sadeja Riley, who lives just down the street. She's buying a couple of bananas while shopping at Khaled Mike Azem's Fremont Market. All right. Hi, Khaled. Hey, how you doing, sir? Sh- should I call you Mike? Yeah, yes, that's easier for you. How'd you come up with Mike? Uh, well, you know, uh, some customer like 20 years ago he told me you know what i don't want to call you college it's too hard for me i'm gonna call you from now on mike oh nice <laughs> i'm like okay mike mike, hey, mike. <laughs> then he spread the word for all the customers on start mike everybody knows me as a mike now so so mike you own the fremont market uh, actually no i'm my manager there okay you're the manager and tell us what the problem is once you were ordered to supply all of this so-called nutritious food Okay, there is no high demand on it, and the uh, we had all the, the demand in it is uh, is not really much like the other stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And this stuff is we can't it's like a week 
of use. We have a, a week of use for before it gets bad, and it's, it's, uh, we have to throw it away. Right. And uh, recently, like two, three months ago, they came up with a menthol ban things that right. we can't sell menthol anymore. Right. Which is the eighty-five percent of the market around here where I work. And you know that took a lot of traffic from the store. Mm-hmm. And usually, people comes in, buy the cigarettes, buy snacks, buy uh, uh, banana, orange, apple, whatever with it. We don't see that much traffic, you know. And now we end up with throwing a lot of veggies uh, and fruits because you know, as I told you, we, uh, there, there was no much time left on this. These are weak items, and we can't keep it uh, more than a week. So the customers who were buying menthol cigarettes also were the customers who were buying the fruits and vegetables? Uh, yeah, it's a neighborhood store, so most of my customer comes there to buy everyone, everything at once, most of what they need. Right. You know, and now they don't, doesn't like, especially when it's cold, to make two stops. Mm-hmm. So most of them drive across the bridge to Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park, uh, Robbinsdale, uh, Columbia High, which is all like two or three minutes away from us. Right. And it's easier for them to act, to get there and get everything at once rather than stop by here for something and go over there for something else. So you've had to actually waste this good food. Uh, yeah, pretty much. We are, Because we are required to carry certain uh, of these foods, certain amount of these foods, so we have to carry it. And by the end of the week, most of it, goes in the trash. Why wouldn't your customers want to buy apples and bananas, uh, smoking or not smoking? Why uh, is it uh, they don't like that fruit or no, what? They like it, but I'm talking about the traffic. Uh-huh. Not the, uh, since they, when, they, when they get to the store, so, uh, most of them, they buy it. But see, the thing is now we didn't get to see much traffic to the store comes in through the door to buy something or to buy the cigarettes or to buy the gallon of milk or to buy the eggs or chips and buy with it the nutrition food. Most you, of these customers are disappear now because, as I told you, they don't like to make two stops. What, what do you think is the future? Is the city going to uh, tell you that you no longer have to stock? You have to buy this fruit, don't you? You have to buy the apples and oranges and bananas. Yep. See, this is the thing. We have to buy it in order to keep the license and to keep in business. We have to have to have certain amount. And most of this amount goes, as I told you, to the trash because we can't keep it more than a week. Well, that's a shame. Is the city going to ease up on you on this requirement? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I'm, I'm hearing that they're trying to enforce it. To enforce it. And you know what? Uh, I know that's a healthy stuff, and uh, I have a kids, and I force them to, I mean, teach them to eat these. And, uh, but uh, to see that they are trying to, like, like somebody has a problem, they go to solve this problem from the top to the bottom, right. rather than going from the bottom to the top. I keep telling them, I'm, let's say I'm going to give you an example. I'm not a, a, a non-profit organization. That's a business. End of the day, I have a profit to make it in order to pay the bills and mortgage and employees and everything else. Right. You know, and uh, I, not, I, I mean, if I have demand for these things, I will get it and order it and sell it. Because end of the day, I sell what the demand is or what the customer require, right. want me to do, to, right. to carry. You know, I keep telling them the problem is not, with the stores or with the demand, it's with the people. Uh, go to the uh, uh, teach people at uh, schools, at churches, at community centers. Explain for them what's the good, what's not good, uh, how uh, benefits for them to eat those uh, food and healthy stuff. They will, since they will know that, they will stop 
buying the snacks and the unhealthy, uh, what they call it, unhealthy stuff. And they will start buying the healthy stuff. Mike, how long have you been in business? I've been here in that corner since to 1999. Fra- Fremont and what? Uh, Fremont and 36. Fremont and 36? Yep. North Minneapolis? North Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, where are you from originally, Mike? Uh, I am from Palestine. Okay. From Jerusalem. And you came, when did you come to the United States? I came in 1996. And you, so you've been with this same store since 1999. In the same corner. That's same corner. I've worked in several stores around here in North Minneapolis, mm-hmm. uh, but in the same block. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Dowling and uh, Penn, Dowling and uh, uh, Penn and 36. No, but in this specific location, to, since 2006, I've been working here. Why don't you get a big bowl of fake fruit and set it on the counter? One and apple. Yeah. That, that's what I, uh, it's a joke going on between us. So many times, uh, you know, business owners and managers talking, I'm, I'm like, you know what? Uh, they sell at Walmart those fake plastic things. Yeah. We just put it in and that's it. When the inspector comes in, they look, oh, nice. You have a, have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah, they pop their head in and they leave right away. Oh, that's yep. the third wax apple he's eaten this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Mike, best of luck to you. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. I hope it works out for you. But it's all based, basically, let me get back to the beginning. It's all based on things started to go downhill mm-hmm. when you were forbidden to sell menthol cigarettes. Uh, yeah, that's what most of it. Like, uh, we before that, we have more, even more space and, uh, and coolers for which fruits and vegetables because we when you have much traffic mm-hmm. you know you will show them because even when I, the displays they have it all most of it by the counter so when they come to buy the cigarettes example or anything by the counter they look at it uh, they grab banana apple orange as with, with it yep you know but yeah. that traffic is gone so we have to shrink all the uh, the inventory on the on those specific things because uh, you know that chips and candy and snacks and those stay for a while so you could leave them for a month in the shelf right before right. they get expired but right. the specific fruits and vegetables you can't it has to be fresh all right. right well Mike again best of luck and thank you for your time thank you very much sir thank uh, you all right. Have a good one, guys. all right thank you all right so here's what happened wow <clears throat> they get together in the salon and they say because Unreal. they only they only shop at Kowalski's and Byerly's right. the salon, and they think everybody should have that opportunity. So they're calling these they call these uh, neighborhoods without those opportunities food deserts or something. Mm-hmm. And so they get in the salon and they say, "Well, you know, we can fix this. We How can, can we fix? Well, this? we can force uh, Khaled uh, uh, Mike Mike Azem at the Fremont uh, Market. Uh, he's going to have to stock uh, bananas and oranges and apples." Uh, and that way, his customers will come in and buy uh, nutritious food. And, and we here in the salon know what's best for you. Right. We know that it's best We to know eat how to run your store better than you do. Versus chips. Right? And we'll also tell you what you're going to have to pay your employees. We're going to tell you what you have to sell, what you can't sell. So they start with, okay, uh, Mike, you're laying in fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. All right? And he has to, otherwise he gets fined. Right. Because right? in the salon, they've right. decided this. Plus, they, they, they've... Have another expense of somebody running out to check on this. Mm-hmm. Another m- more money spent on this. So then, a couple of you know months go by in the salon, and this happened in St. Paul too. Then the people in the salon said, "We just can't have uh, black people smoking menthol cigarettes, right? Because uh, menthol blacks people for some reason uh, prefer menthol cigarettes. Okay. It's ever been thus. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a cultural peculiarity or a just the way it is. Uh, a thing in the brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we can't allow that because that's smoking. And we're in the salon and we don't smoke. 
So how do we solve that problem? Then just we forbid Mike ah. from selling menthol cigarettes. So we go to Mike's store or all the other little neighborhood markets in Minneapolis, and we say, we're here from the salon, and we're here to help you. Terrifying words to these people. <laughs> and, so, and so now they can't sell menthol cigarettes. So the customer who was accustomed to stopping at uh, the Fremont market, for example, mm -hmm. to buy his uh, menthol cigarettes or her menthol cigarettes, uh, they might have picked up an orange, an apple, or a banana. Right? Because there was heavier traffic. Right. He said it's the traffic that's decreased. So so now him. that so now those people that wanted menthol cigarettes, they're merely going to wherever they can buy them in Brooklyn Center, he said, or Columbia Heights or Robbinsdale. And in the meantime, he's had to go out and buy the fruit because he's under the salon's orders to provide the fruit, right. but nobody's <laughs> buying it, so he buys it every week, then he has to throw it away. Giant windmilling situation. Giant windmilling. We will tell you what to sell in right. your store. Why can't we? Why can't they? Because the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more likely you are to have elected progressives who have in their employ <laughs> unelected bureaucrats who get to, to get to go to the meetings in the salon and come up with their ideas for how they can be virtuous and point out their own examples of virtue. And it's just uh, it's just untoward that uh, Aziz Kadu. Uh, is not getting enough bananas because he's not getting to Kowalski's or Lund's and Byerly's. So therefore, we're going to tell we're going to tell Khalid uh, Azem, who uh, conveniently enough for business goes by the name of Mike. We're going <laughs> to hey, we're going hey, to Mike, how you doing? we're going to tell great. Mike we're going to tell Mike what he has to sell. Okay, and he does it, and it was working out. And then they tell Mike. By the way, we had a new one. We we dreamed this up in the salon the other day. Uh, we don't want you. You can no longer sell menthol cigarettes. We're going to tell you how to do it. Yeah. Yep. So, so now, we we're in so, business. so that's what decreased the traffic. So the traffic went in the tank, and because the traffic went in the tank, the people who own the Fremont Market they're on the hook every week to throw away perfectly right. good produce. Right. That's not how I would want to run my business. Hell nah. Now there's a public meeting. The Minneapolis City Council is to hold a hearing November 26 on proposed changes. If the changes pass, ethnic food stores would not be required to stock items that their customers avoid, but instead could sell other nutritional food choices that their customers traditionally favor. So, so the salon people, and we uh, we contacted one, didn't we, Reeves? Uh, Kristen? Uh, Kristen uh, Klinger. Kling, Klinger, yes. Kling, Klingler. She's a public health specialist with the Minneapolis Health Department. Uh, and she uh, she did not respond to our email. Uh, due to cultural preferences, 50% of Asian and 26% of East African stores had trouble complying with the cheese requirements, while 50% of Asian and 36% of Latino stores had trouble with the whole grain cereal category, according to city data. Wow, we're really breaking her down, huh? Mm -hmm. oh. And then you go over to this, somebody else here, this unelected fellow in the uh, salon. Uh, as long as these stores substitute the items they don't want to stock with other nutritional products, which they will be told by the salon what that can be. Right, which A, B, or C. As long as these stores substitute the items they don't want to stock with other nutritional products that their customers traditionally eat, they won't face penalties, said Daniel Huff, the city's environmental health director. Oh, sure. Amending the requirements will allow the city... <laughs> Thank you. Amending the requirements will allow the city not to impose, quote, this Western mentality of what's nutritious, but actually looking at what's nutritious, he said. How do we meet the public purpose that we are trying to meet in the way that also meets our other public purposes 
which are supporting our businesses, making sure we are not perpetuating institutional racism or cultural bias, Huff said. We want to make sure we are cognizant of cultural differences within grocery stores. Well, you know, it could be just me. Yeah. It could be just me. Mm -hmm. But if, if I'm a, a, a person of color mm -hmm. uh, running a store yeah. and I figured out how to do it and I'm making a living and I'm supporting <clears throat> my family, uh, I would consider it, uh, it racially unjust for these uh, uh, blondes from the uh, salon mm -hmm. to come in and tell me what I have to sell. And these are the same people in the salon who are worried about cultural insensitivity and uh, systemic racism, but they're the ones going into the store and telling, uh, in many cases, a black proprietor, uh, no more menthol cigarettes, yep. and make sure you have this much fruit. Clean up your act. Uh, right here, because, this, because we know better than you. We're from the salon, and we're here to help you. Terrifying words to Khalid Azem, you who conveniently enough says, what the hell? Call me Mike. <laughs> you know what would have been a good question? You know why he said call me Mike? I'm sorry, Chris. Oh, you know why okay. he said call me Mike? It was good for business. Yes. Did you catch the explanation? I did. Yes. I did. And I loved the explanation of yeah. that. You call him Mike, you got returned customers. I'm surprised the people in the salon haven't told him you cannot be yeah. called Mike. No nicknames. You need to use your... Right. Uh, your, right. your yes, Chris. Well, I interrupted you. No, no, no. I was just going to... You know what would have been good to ask him, too? I just thought of it now, but... the, the call him back. The He's plastic, not busy. The plastic, nobody, nobody trafficked. They're all buying right. their menthol <laughs> cigarettes somewhere else. They're in Bloomington. What do, we, what do we want to ask him? Well, I, the, the plastic bag ban. Remember how when that came about and all the, the small business owners were saying... You're driving away our business. Mm -hmm. These people are just—they're just, just going to go to a different neighborhood or a different city to buy their groceries because that's what they want. Call them back. Really? Yeah, right now. Okay. Call them back. I want to talk to Mike again. Mike. I want to talk to Mike. Mike. My buddy Mike. <clears throat> Mikey. Fremont and thirty-six. Yeah, he's not doing. It. He's got his apron on. He's sweeping that front stoop, looking around. There's nothing going on. Stop staring out. He's doing a lot of window time. <laughs> yes. Watching all the cars drive by yes. to go to Columbia Heights to buy menthol yeah, we, cigarettes. Uh, this is we thought of one more question. Okay, here we, we go. Do we? He said, of course. We have a new friend. I Hi, Mike. This. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Now, I, I, I help us understand something. Uh, ha, have the plastic bags been banned from no, your no, store? No, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. No. But that's coming, do you think? I think within two years, I believe, or a year or two years. I'm not sure. I don't follow that. So. Right. Exactly. Will that also drive out business, Mike, do you think, from your store? Because people are going to want the plastic bags? Uh, you know what? When you come into the store and buying uh, 10 I small items, I don't know how they're going to put it or how, how they're going to carry it outside. So. That's right. Well, they, they'll be expected to bring their own reusable bag, I imagine. Yes, I understand. When people go to Walmart, example, or to Cup Food, big stores, mm -hmm. you know, I am going to make a grocery shopping, so I'm taking my bag with me. Yeah. But when I'm going to the convenience gas station or store for quick things, I'm not going to take a bag. You know what I mean? Sure I do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, thanks again. Thank you very much. All right. Hell, you can call him an hour. I can get you Mike in an hour. Hey, yeah. yeah. Mike's our guy. Stick around. We'll give you a buzz in a couple minutes here. <laughs> Mike's all right, huh? Sell the apples look today. At, look the at, new co-host of look Garage Logic. Look at Look what the salon did. Yeah. The salon came along and disrupted this guy's life. And this, he's not the only one quoted in the story. There are other store yeah. owners, all of whom are saying the same things. The salon came along and presume to know better than these shopkeepers what these shopkeepers should be doing. 
and again, uh, not to keep be, uh, beating the same dead horse, but once they banned the menthol cigarettes, that's when the shops saw the decline in traffic. And the decline in traffic has resulted in the wasting of the produce. Uh, Dave writes, with all the delays, I really had hopes this debacle would not happen. And suddenly the announcement the other day that it was happening now. The Met Council is an absolute euphorian, unelected pile of excrement. Okay. I'm not a math guy either, but I did a little research. And a natural gas-powered city bus can be purchased for about 700 grand. $2 billion, he's talking about the Southwest Light Rail Line, $2 billion would buy 2,857 of these buses. No tearing up neighborhoods. Mind-boggling when you do that math. Yes, it is. You want to stay with food? Yep. Can I a comment quick on the Southwest Light Rail Line? Yeah. You guys were, I, I don't know if this came up in my absence last week, but they're trying to cater with this line to, to basically me, mm-hmm. the Southwest Metro area resident that works downtown. Mm-hmm. I'm not spending two hours on a train to get to work. No. That, that, You'd that's... rather sit in your car for two hours. <laughs> Right? Is that what you're saying? Well, if it's going to be a snowy day, I might take it right. on a day like that. Right. But I'm not. I'm not doing that in July. Are you aware of the uh, contratemps regarding the Chipotle restaurant on Grand Avenue in St. Paul? Hmm. The um, just once in a while, I wish you guys would say, "Yeah, I read that." Yes, I did I actually. Read that one. I'm on Grand, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the one in West St. Paul on Robert. Which is a little different, but it pretty much looks the same. They serve the same stuff. Clarify something for me. Yep. Have you ever purchased at Chipotle? Yes. Mm -hmm. Many times. So you order, and then do you pay, or do you pay when they hand you the sandwich? You wait in line. You order either a burrito bowl or a burrito. Here we go. And you add the... So you are useful as a food guy. Yes. You add ingredients, (laughs) and then when you're done, whoever you're with, they total the bill... You pay for it, and you go either leave or you can go sit down. Very simple uh, logistics to uh, to a rather large, uh, delicious burrito or burrito bowl. Th- this story has become a big talker, yeah, as we say in the business. Talker. A talker. Mm-hmm. Chipotle is reconsidering its decision to fire a St. Paul manager for refusing to serve five young black men whom employees accused of being repeat dine and dashers. Okay, so they would have their they would have been given their food and they don't pay. And they just and they take slide off. across. Yep. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, it was a viral video. In the video, which was posted to Twitter by twenty one year old Masood Ali uh, last Thursday, <clears throat> Ali and his friends accused the restaurant staff of racial stereotyping. Well, of course they are. They're they're, they're these so guys are playing their race card. The first order of business, right. After uh, two days of online backlash, Chipotle announced it had fired the restaurant's manager and vowed to retrain its other employees. Why do you think they fired her? Uh, refusal to... Uh... She said, show me the money. Yeah. She was on to their game. Right. Uh, we're not, we're not going to serve you. Boom, you're done. Yeah, well, no, we'll serve you, but pay us. Okay. you got to pay first. Hey, that, mm-hmm. everyone else does, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, Our actions were based on the facts known to us immediately after the incident, including video footage, social media posts, and conversations with the customers, manager, and our employees, said Lori uh, Shalau, Chipotle's chief communications officer. I'm reading from a story in today's St. Paul Pioneer Press. Uh, 
Uh, she said in an email, we now have additional information which needs to be investigated further. We want to do the right thing. So after further investigation, we will retrain and rehire if the facts warrant it. What the hell do you have to retrain? Shalot uh, declined to elaborate on the specifics of the new information. The two-minute video, which had been—now, help me, uh, director of social media. Talk to me. I imagine we're talking about a video posted by the young guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the two-minute video, which had been viewed more than—you ready? Mm-hmm. Five million times okay. by Sunday evening. That's power washing, by yep. the way. Mm-hmm. By Sunday evening, shows Ali and his friends being denied service at the Chipotle on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. It begins with an employee telling the men, you got to pay because you've never had money when you come in here. They were on to their game. Right. I, 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 if I owned a business, I would, I would play I'd that out the her. same way. Yes, exactly. I'm not retraining her. I don't care what color or what uh, you look like. Uh, I know that you didn't pay. It begins with the video, uh, obviously taken by these scammers, uh, who then are going to play the race card to right. get sympathy. They're scumbags. Uh, it begins with an employee telling the man, you got to pay because you've never had money when you come in here. Y'all are basically stereotyping us, one of them replies. Eventually, one of the restaurant's employees called the police. On Sunday, media outlets published images of several older posts from Ali's Twitter account. Uh, that would be uh, Masood Ali, the 21-year-old who has tried to dream up the uh, sympathy for he and his yes. buddies. Yep, and what right? did that Twitter account say? On Sunday, media outlets published images of several older posts from Ali's Twitter account in which he appears to discuss dining and dashing. Efforts to reach Ali for comment were unsuccessful. In one post from July 2015, he tweeted, Dine and dash is forever interesting. In another 2015 tweet, Ali wrote, guys, we're borrowing food. That's it. And if the lady tries to stop you at the door, don't hesitate to truck the S out of that B. I don't know what that means. Mm. Smack her around? Don't hesitate to truck the... Yes, it's a physical... It's. He's suggesting physical violence towards that uh, that woman. Really? Mm-hmm. In January 2016, he tweeted, uh, I, man, I think Chipotle is catching up to us, fam. Should we change locations? Wow. Shalow said Chipotle was aware of these tweets when it decided to fire the manager. Oh, Chipotle, you wait did a minute, it wrong. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Shalow said Chipotle was aware of these tweets when it decided to fire the manager and that the company's yep. decision to reconsider the move was not based on them. Well, they're, they're, uh, they're engaging in double talk there. Uh by the way, she's one, full of B as in B S as in. If you're aware of the tweets, <clears throat> what'd you fire her for? They were, she saved you some money. They right. were afraid of the public uh, backlash. Of course they are. And there is a post uh, that I'm reading right now in which everyone is siding with this woman and very angry with Chipotle. And mm-hmm. one of the uh, the young men in that video is uh, goes by the name of Masood Omar Ali. He's the guy I'm just mm-hmm. just talking about. Yeah. And he is a uh, he's on probation for grand theft. Really. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, then, so so uh, Masood Ali allegedly, with his buddies allegedly, they had a little scam going, in which they were, they were bragging about it. By yeah, the way, where they where they were getting they were getting a, a kick out of uh, uh, ordering food, dashing without paying for it, and, and that they found that it. fun and interesting, and uh, and that they always apparently were going to be willing uh, to play the race card if they ever got caught. And so here, here they got caught, and he starts filming it. What a dummy. And the, all they were told is, look, you guys have pulled this before. 
uh, serving you. You you gotta pay us if you want to eat the food. What a bunch of B as in B, S as in S. The center is not holding. Well, it's not how could you be that? I mean, that's think of the boldness of that. It's theft. But the boldness of you already did it once. I, I would be afraid to show my face there ever again for fear that somebody was going to ID me. And it it shows you again, and I I don't know how this happens, but who is it that ferreted out the old Twitter posts? That these morons put up bragging about stealing food. How did that come about, Reavers? Um, my, my guess everything is, lasts forever, doesn't it? It it does. And my guess is once the story became went viral, mm-hmm. that a lot of people that that's what they do. They go look in the history of these. You know, the the, the fact that this kid's arrest uh, report came up and was part of this story mm-hmm. that I found. I mean, I I literally found it in five seconds. Of the 5 million viewers of this video that Ali took purporting to show these poor guys being victimized because of their race, Mm -hmm. were those 5 million sympathizers? Or there had to be a substantial number who had some skepticism, don't you think? Oh, Uh, I would say it's more than that. I I would say that there are more people that are on our side of this, don't you think? I would hope so. Yeah, I, I, that, the way I'm looking Who at it. Who cares what color you are or what ethnicity you right. are? Theft is theft. Mm-hmm. So Chipotle cans the manager but claims they, they did it even though they were aware of Ali's previous tweets. And wouldn't you think that you would, as a company, I'm talking Chipotle now, wouldn't you think Chipotle would face more public backlash by doing what they did as opposed to what they were trying to help prevent? Yeah, I won't eat there, but I can't claim that I'm not eating there because of this. I just don't. It's just not my cup of of tea. I love Chipotle. I've had it before, but I've certainly never purchased it. If somebody else wants to go to the store and bring it to me. Right. You're not opposed to that. I could try it. But make sure you pay for it. I have tried it. Yeah. Make sure you pay for it. What is their niche in the world of fast food? What what uh, um, where do they is it Mexican supposedly yeah, Mexican yeah food? it's I mean that's their their they have the uh, spicy steak they've got uh, pulled pork chicken it's it's quality hey, hey, product this is why you're here I mean you're yeah. you're my go to guy but it's it's this. good the lettuce that they put there in you go. Yeah. it's green yeah. it's not the white lettuce that go. your uh, that's it uh, tomatoes are, uh, are they fresh and they're uh, firm, firm very firm. red firm yeah uh, and the lettuce is green didn't yeah. they have trouble with an illness. Uh, the Boston Chipotle had some trouble with the E. coli. I see. Or was Ooh. it Salmonella? I don't I think want it was E. Either coli. one. I don't want either right, one. Right, right. And uh, was it dengue or major dengue? I don't know if it was major, but yeah. they had uh, <laughs> they had some trouble. I think they've squared that all away now. I'm sure they have. But it is a it's yeah, it's a good place to go. Mm-hmm. Well, just every so, time I've gone there, I've paid for my. Well, just just to help me again. If I walked in at Chipotle today on Grand Avenue. I can see it in my mind's eye, the, the little bell ringing as I'm, you open sure the door. You, I'm sure you can. Announcing your arrival. And I look up at the, there, I'm sure there's a menu board maybe. Yes. And I say, okay, I want, uh, what, are, what am I going to order? Uh, you're going to, I want I want to uh, just work me burrito. through this. I want a burrito with the spicy steak that my friend Rookie told yep. me about. And I'm going to have carnitas. You are? I yes. didn't know I was buying for you. Yeah, are you, you with are. me on yeah. this? Yeah, you got, you got me. And then they're going to ask you if you want uh, rice and beans. Yes, I do. Okay, rice and beans are going to be thrown on there. They'll throw the meat on there. Yep. And then you move to the next section, and they're going to ask if you want uh, corn salsa or salsa. Do you want sour cream? I want a little salsa. Cheese? I don't want sour cream. 
All right, they'll put a little uh, salsa on there without any sour cream. Got to go lettuce. corn. Got to go corn salsa. All right, I'll go corn salsa. Okay, look, corn salsa is yeah. pretty good there. I and want lettuce. Lettuce. Yeah. And then basically, uh, you could get um, the really spicy salsa. I don't want not. the real spicy. Okay. But I'm, 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 and then you're done. Then they wrap it up. Okay. To go or for here? Uh, to go. Okay. Then they're going to put it. They're going to wrap it in foil, nice and tight. Yeah. They're going to put it in a brown paper bag, and they're going to say. Uh, it's eight ninety five. Or okay, then how are these guys doing this? Uh, Apparently, on previous occasions, they must have been handed the food yeah, before they reached for their wallet. It's almost cafeteria style, right? Even though you've got a, a rather large uh, sneeze guard, but at the end, at the ca- at the cash register, it's open there, so your food is in front of you, and you're you're have your food in directly in front of your belly as you're exchanging money or your debit card or whatever. Those guys just... I can solve this. Once it was packed, they just took off. I can solve this. How can you solve it? If you go to, say, Caribou, yeah, and you order... I don't, but I've witnessed this. I, I like Caribou. Uh, let's say you order some, you know, pumpkin latte. Let's go fala latte. That's the eggnog <laughs> one that they're serving currently. Fala latte. Okay. Okay. Fine. Okay. Fine. But I've witnessed this because I only buy the bags of, of ground beans to yes. take home and make my own coffee. Yeah. I don't drink the latte. You smash them in the driveway? No, I don't have to do that anymore. Right. I got Technology. A, I got a hammer. Uh, what I've witnessed is, so the gal in front of me says, I need the fa-la-la latte. Fa-la-la latte. And they'll say to her, that's, you know, four twenty nine or whatever. Yep. She has to pay for it right there. Right then. Right there. And then she wanders around the shop until her name or, you know, Carol. somebody calls out, fa-la-la, right. fa fa la Yep. Latte. And then she walks up and takes it. She's already paid. That's all Chipotle has to do. You're at the count where you order, you should pay. And then you go down. And then when it comes up, there you have it. Caribou is a little bit easier because of what they serve. This being so customized of a meal, I think that would be impossible. Oh, I think I'm getting it now because you can get your, your meal is being worked down a line yes. of tubs yes. of stuff yes. like a, like in a uh, like in Subway. Correct. Oh, okay. that is correct. Okay. So that's the reason that they uh, the final. So what Ali and his buddies allegedly have done is the food's right there in front of them, but instead of paying, they grab it and dash. Right. They just they turn around, take off outright, and say, "Boom, we're out of here." And they because. What I'm deducing from this Pioneer Press story is the manager, who was unnamed, hell, I'd call her if I knew her name, the manager has noted this and said, no, you guys. We got you. you, you, I'm on to your scam, fellas. You got to pay. You come in here with no money. And that's when this uh, miscreant uh, films it. Uh, intending to uh, have what happened actually happen, and that is, look at the racial stereotyping here. Look at, look, you know, we're assume because we're black, we're assumed not to have any money. No, you've ripped them off before, right. moron. That's your history. Yeah. That's your stereotype. Yeah. Is uh, you're a thief. That's right. Well, we uh, cleared up a lot of things, haven't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. You want to go to Chipotle for dinner? Nope. Nope. Mm. Caribou for a fala latte. Nope. <laughs> That's their eggnog stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I want to tell you something, though. What? Uh, beginning this week, there's going to be a great event at the RF Moeller Jeweler Stores. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday's that so-called Black Friday. Well, why put yourself through that hassle? It'll be peaceful at the Moeller Stores. They're going to be open uh, Friday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, in Edina and St. Paul. 
They also have a Gavin Day Common Store in Minneapolis. That's open from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Friday. And then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Edina in St. Paul. Uh, Minneapolis, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on Sunday, this coming Sunday, uh, Edina and St. Paul stores will be open noon to 5 p.m. The Minneapolis store will not be. Uh, and this Let Molder buy you a drink, by the way. Yes! Every store is now decorated. It's festive for the season. It's very, it's very cool. And uh, hanging on the trees are $250 gift certificates, and there are plenty for everyone. And uh, you can use that uh, towards the purchase of anything in the stores, $500 or more. It's a great time of year. Visit RF Molder Jeweler and relax with those who want to kick off the holiday season with hearts a-glowing, not frantic elbowing. I don't know when we first learned about Tammy. Do you recall, Rook? Tammy, the uh, Auburn football fan who, in one of her famous calls to... uh, Who'd she always call, Reese? It was when Paul Feinbaum Feinbaum started his show on ESPN, and and Royce... I forget if we stumbled upon it somehow, and I thought we got to play this during sports. It was 2015. Talk. It was that long ago. Yeah. Holy cow! Okay. Uh, well, sadly, she has died. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, her name is Tammy Renee Bullard, and she was absolutely a, a, a diehard Auburn football fan. She's 52 years old. She died with her three-year-old granddaughter just before 8 a.m. Friday on US 280 between Sylacauga and Childers Childersburg. I imagine we're talking Alabama. She was a mother, a grandmother, a wife, a friend. She was a lot of things, said fellow Feinbaum caller Rusty Iman Garner. She was just a tremendous person. Alabama State Trooper Corporal Jimmy Harrell said the driver of a commercial vehicle carrying some kind of explosive material was traveling eastbound when he possibly blew a tire and the truck overturned. It then veered onto oncoming traffic in the westbound lane and collided with an SUV carrying the woman and child. Mm. Both have been confirmed dead. Wow. Uh, I'll play her call for you here in a moment. Uh, Bullard had been a diehard Auburn fan for decades, though she was married to an Alabama fan. That's <laughs> right. In a profile done on her by Style Blueprint, Bullard told the publication how she became a caller on Feinbaum's show. Uh, well, one day I was at work and I was griping about Auburn losing. My FedEx driver is an Auburn fan, too, and he said, Tammy, you have got to listen to this. And he put it on the Feinbaum show. He put on the Feinbaum show on Jocks 94.5 FM. And I listened to it in his truck for a few minutes, and I said, hey, who, is the, who in the world do these people think they are? These Alabama fans ain't got nothing, not a clue. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. That's what made me call. Uh, he made me so mad talking about Auburn the way he was talking about Auburn, and I just told my FedEx driver, do you know the number? What's the number? And we waited for him to say it over on the show, and I called in right then and there and responded to Shane from Center Point. Uh, so here's, here's a little Tammy that we discovered back three years ago. Tammy is next. Paul, okay, so we suck, okay? <laughs> it's really, really bad. But you know what? Gus Maldon is the one to blame. He is as much to blame as anybody else out there is to blame about that. You, you cannot sit there and tell me that a coach, a head coach with any common sense, is going to sit there and leave a quarterback out there and, oh, my God, and wait. Wasn't nobody even around him one time, Paul. Wasn't even though our offensive line is doing their job. 
You ain't even gonna let him run the ball. You gonna put Thomas in there back and forth. You gonna lay Thomas in there more Auburn Auburn kid. I don't understand. I mean, you're the greatest Auburn fan in the country. You're the one that always uh, thinks Auburn is going to win. You think Auburn's going to win the national championship. What are you thinking right now? Oh, I'm thinking right now. We luckily went thirty-five games this year. There is no way that that team that was on the field the last three weeks will win anything as far as a championship. There's no way. The coaches just fought because they ain't got enough freshmen down there. I don't care if you are obligated to your seniors. If they can't get it done, you've got to try your freshmen. Put your freshmen in there, and at least they can at least try to give, at least as if they'll step up. Use your freshmen this week during practice. Oh, my gosh, I'm so mad because we've got a red shirt quarterback sitting over there. You don't want to play him because he's red shirt because you can get five years out. Really? Come on, dude. Put the boy out there and use him for four years if you have to. LSU had their third string out when he was running. But it don't matter. Did I hear you say at the beginning of this call you have not slept since Saturday afternoon? I ain't done nothing since Saturday afternoon. I ain't done nothing. I had to run my husband out of the damn house and put him outside with the catfishers out there, the guys that come down to fight. Why did you, uh, hold on, hold I had on. To put him why, outside slow down, with him. slow down. Why did you run your husband out of the house? I ran him out of the house because he kept running his mouth, Paul. That's why. He kept running his mouth and giggling, thinking it was all funny. I ran him out there with the catfishers. I sure did. I ran him out there with Shane and him. All right, I told him to you. get out thank there you. with him. Thank you. Super fan, Tammy. Oh, God bless her. God. Gee, she died with her granddaughter. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. 52 years old. <clears throat> a very passionate SEC football fan right there. Well, wow. I'll say. All right. Just a better, uh, what? I'm going to wrap it up here. Oh, one's in the book, son. I, I got to. Just one click, of me, one click away from more Garage Locks. Well, I got to take us to the failed academy. Oh. Uh, no, it's very significant stuff. Really? It just has to be done. Yeah. All right. A very thick stack from the failed academy.